When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, some of the other people that I think have been showing some flashes of, you know, what they can do. I mean, that you got to start to see it. And you, hopefully they can put it to good use during a game coming up this Saturday as the Pittsburgh Steelers host the Seattle Seahawks, 7 o'clock at Acra, AcraSure Stadium. And, uh, you know, Max, one of the guys that we've talked about before and uh, we're going to talk about again was Robert Spillane. I've been a big fan of this guy for quite some time. You know, I know that – He's an undrafted free agent. You bring this guy in, and all of a sudden, here you are, what, three, four years down the road. He has really turned himself into a competing, competitive, inside linebacker, NFL style. Yeah, and I think that goes a long way, and that just shows you kind of what the NFL is. If you have talent, we will find you. Yes. It might not be the initial slotting of the race, Right, you know, you might be on the far outside in the in the lineup when you put the horses in the stall. Yep, you know, but eventually you could work your way from that, and you can get down in there. And I think Robert Spillane's a great example of that. You know, it's not where you start the race; it's where you finish it. And right now, he is in pole position and doing a great job of just getting better every single year. Every every time we think there's a ceiling, he seems to kind of bust through that and create a new level. And I think this year, no exception. You know, we knew <coughs> coming in. Special teams guy, core special teams guy is going to thump. He's going to hit you in the in, you know in the games. He's a downhill runner and downhill hitter. He doesn't shy away from contact. And the, que- <laughs> no. and the question was, can he cover? And last no. year, kind of struggled with that, right? At times, at times, at times. But you, yeah, there were there they positioned him. You know, you you try to maximize when you can get them in leverage, when you are able yeah. to sustain a leverage, whether it's inside, outside, and so you only play half. You know what I mean? That you're not you're not fully exposed, like uh, you know, running all over the field. Yeah, it's not but, like man coverage. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, well, if you end up there, you're in trouble anyhow. If you're a linebacker on, on one of those wide receivers and stuff like that, yeah, you can't. You're not going to cover that. You're not going to cover that guy. No. But I think taking some of the tight ends off the line yeah. was was a, was a struggle for him. Yeah. Um, but this year, it's looked completely different in camp. Um, he's looked in tune. He knows what he's supposed to do, and he's he's been coming off and combating a lot of passes, made an interception or two in training camp. Yes. And he's really sh- popped. Um, from that perspective, because that was something that was coming in as as a question mark. True. Can he actually cover? Like, this was the equalizer that separated him from Devin Bush, right? Devin Bush can run. He can cover. That's the, the advantage he had. And now it seems like it's evening out. It's evening out. And I think that's kind of what it's about. Because you say, can you teach an old dog new tricks, right? Four years in the league, you know, we're, we age in dog years. Right. Um, so, Correct the it, so it's like, okay, can we teach him anything new? And it, it, surprisingly, you can. And that's why he, that's why you see the double names on the depth chart. They're like, we really want to play this guy, 
but we know we got to play this guy. So how do we how do we accomplish that without pissing anybody off and still keeping the politics of the NFL in place? Put them double starters. No. Either Not. or. Well, here's the thing. I, I I think this this preseason game has got a lot of uh, emphasis put on it for a Devin Bush because a lot of people are going to have eyes on him and want to see has he made that stride back to where he was before the knee injury towards that area. You know, I mean, that's to me, in my mind, that's the biggest thing for Devin is just simply I, I need to, to let go and not worry about that knee. You got to you got to just trust the knee. You got to say, all right, whatever, whatever my brain is coming up with, my body's got to back up that move and just yeah. let her rip, baby. Cannot be two separate individuals in the same body. Yeah. Right. Right. Mind must control the matter. Yes. And when the matter controls the mind, that's when you get the uncertainty. That's when you get misplays. That's when you get, you know, the miscalculations that you normally know are so precise. Right. 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 Two plus two always equals four. Right. And you say, well, I don't know. Been, after a big hit or two, I, I, I've had trouble with that before. That, that, that's okay. That's okay. Because <laughs> that's, that's after a big hit. That's after a big hit. There you go. But we're waiting to see those big hits from Devin Bush. <laughs> Good point by you. <laughs> yeah, I, I want you to make it wrong. Make it wrong with your, with your physicality. <laughs> All right, another guy I think needs to make a, a, a quick showing. I think there's, there's people that, 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 that can, by gradients, move through the preseason. But Anthony McFarland's another guy. He's started fast in camp. I would like to see him start fast in the preseason to start to give the Steelers an opportunity to take a look at him and what he's capable. He's got so much speed and acceleration. He's got so much of that, you know, ding-dong, you know, I'm gone, that type of thing going on. I, I would love to see him pop something big to be an eye catcher. Yeah, no, I, I would love to see, you know, at the running back position, Anthony McFarland, see what he can do. I'm excited to see what 30 can do, Jalen Warren, sure. in a preseason game. And also Mateo Durant. I'm excited to see what he's going to do in that role. And I think because Benny Snell is going to get his. And yep. I, I don't want to sit there and say I'm overlooking Benny. Benny's going to get the starters reps because Najee, they're not going to play Najee in the first right. preseason game. It's just not right. going to happen. No. So Benny's going to get those reps to look. Um, and we know what he is, right? We know that he has these moments. Can you put it together in a game? But for that for that race for the number two spot, I think it really lies in those other guys that I named before Benny Snell because we've seen and we know he's drafted, he's been there, he's been in the role. We want to see what guys do with elevated roles and what they can do with a better opportunity than they would have had, you know, if Najee's in practice. Who's going to take the most out of – the opportunities given by the void left uh, from Najee. See, I would, in my mind, I'm thinking I'd start McFarlane. You know, I'd just start him Saturday night. You know, let him, we know what Benny can do. You know, Benny, Benny's had, uh, what, three years now? He's rushed for, I think, a total of over 800 yards. Um, you know, the guy has shown he's got good ability as an NFL running back. All right? Yeah. I'm not saying he's, he's he, he could, he, he could be, well, I don't want to say starter quality because with Najee, there's just no way. No, but, not, not in this but team, but any other he's, team. He's had some possibly. starts. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's had some starts. So he's an NFL caliber back. Okay, let's yeah. say that. McFarlane is interesting because of his great ability and what, what a cutback could do. And I would want to see – I want to give him as many reps as I can give and then bring on the Jalen Warren and Mateo Durant, those guys. Yeah, I think, I think Jalen Warren is probably, of those young guys, newcomers – so to speak, I think he's probably the top 
out of those. So I would love to see him in game and see if practice speed matches the game speed because he looks fast out here in a lot of moments. He has a lot of pinball action between the tackles. Right. He also has a soft hands on the outside. Yes, there's no question. I, I, I like what I've seen of the young man thus far. I guess I, looking at it, I, McFarland has flashed quickly in training camp. He's broken off some big runs in that. I'd like to see what he can do in a live go. Can he make that jump and, and show us that kind of the promise of what he was capable of, you know, when, when he came in as a rookie? There was a lot of hopes that he wasn't a Dree Archer, that he wasn't, you know, a guy that, that struggled, you know, physically. You know, you got tons of speed. So I, I look forward to that. I think maybe, just maybe, featuring him uh, in the first half would be something I'd love to see come, uh, you know, Saturday night. Yeah. What, what What do you take away from that wide receiver group? Because I feel like <laughs> this one's the deepest yeah. on the team. I mean, as far as the field, the field is, is like, oh, I'm going to put, you know, we, we know what our, nor- our, our known suspects are, right? Right. 11, 18. 88, you know, is a guy that I know he's listed under tight ends, but he he's a receiver. The, the capabilities are there. Um, but George Pickens, Calvin Austin, Anthony Miller, like Anthony Miller names? is the guy that is 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 kind of intrigued me a little bit. I Pickens, who who knew? Well, they knew the great athleticism that he'd be able to display if his knee is fine. Well, they, you know. He's he's what knee injury? Yeah, what knee injury is right? Yeah, I mean the guy has really had an excellent camp thus far. Calvin Austin is surprised in the sense he is faster than I thought he was, and I knew he was fast. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's crazy when you when you can be faster than people think that uh, you are, and you they know you're fast already. Uh, those kind of quicks are exceptional. Anthony Miller is interesting because, again, his connection with Trubisky in Chicago and then providing those reps on the slot, that sort of thing, that's that's a guy that, you know. I, I've also been impressed with Gunnar Oshewski. Yeah. Or Oshewski. I can't. Oh, God. We've got to ask Jerry Osavsky. How would you pronounce this? You see, I would say Gunnar Oshewski. Oshewski? Yeah. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not Polish, so I, I can't yeah. really. Yeah. I'm not credible. But I do like pierogies. Well, no, we do. I mean, we have PhDs in pierogies. I mean, that's not an issue. Tell me what's your favorite pierogi, man. It, you know, it's cheese and onions. I mean, that's just it's a classic. Since it, well, sometimes the meat ones are pretty good, too. The meat ones are good, but it, it depends on how they roll it, right? Because if you boil it too much, oh. they tend to open up. you got to fry it a little bit. Yeah, you got to give With it a little onions. fry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the onions and the cheese, I mean, you can't go wrong. Or the garlic potato. Garlic potato is another <laughs> good one. That's now, that's a good, good one, one brother. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I'll give it to you. Yeah, garlic potato. Have a, mix it with both. A little bit of both on there. Ooh, garlic that's potato, nice. cheesy onion. And you, you always got to have the onions like grilling over top of them. Yeah, they got to caramelize a little bit yeah. on top of it. You, you want them a little brown. Yeah. You're making me really hungry. I, I know. Right I'm now. sorry. I apologize. Well, the good thing is we only have about 45 minutes till lunchtime. Oh, that's time. good. That's so, good. so we're, we're by good. the way, when you go out to like a Dino's or or like. Uh, you go to uh, Sharkies or something like that. They, they got the training camp shows. There. I always, I love the jambalaya at Dino's. See, oh, I have, I have not had. I'm, a, I'm going to try it today. I promise. Okay. I, I mark my words. I will try the jambalaya from Dino's. I was there on Saturday. I went with the chili, and I went with the buffalo chicken dip. It's it both, both solid choices. Solid choices. Solid choices. Yep. I didn't do wings yet. I know I still need to do okay. wings. I have not had a wing from Dino's. Being up here in Latrobe. Yeah. So I have to keep my tradition alive. I'm gonna have to go do a couple wings there. Yep. But I want to try this jambalaya because I, you know, 
in the Southwest, we have a lot of Mexican food, so right. I'm used to eating that. But we do have a couple of really good Cajun restaurants, and I do. Oh, and being from yeah. the South, a good old Southern boy, you got to have some Cajun in there somewhere if you're near water. And you, you, you just, I, I crave Cajun food. I love it. It's one, probably one of my favorite cuisines outside of Italian. <laughs> and you're talking about this jambalaya. I need to go have it because I am. I'm getting a little homesick. And I, I need I need a little comfort of home. You know who turned me on to that? Who? B.A. Oh, B.A. Bruce Arians told me uh, some years ago, he goes, man, you got to go. When you go over there, you got to try that jambalaya because it was good. Okay. Well, then. Very good. Mission accepted. Uh, there you go. Mission accepted. All right. Get on the job with that one. Yeah. All right. Oh, I should have asked Jerry because there was Sharky's. He had this chicken dish that was sensational. Oh. I forgot about it. Oh, man, i got to remember that one. Well, if you see him tonight over yeah. at Sharky's. I'll have to. Oh, oh, no, they're Dino's tonight. So. Yeah, Dino's. All right. Regardless. Okay, so moving back to who's been impressive, who who is impressing you. Um, one of the guys that, that also has stood out is Jake Dixon. You know, the, the volleyballer, the ex-volleyballer. I still can't get that out of my gourd that this guy was spiking volleyballs and blocking and doing all that sorts of stuff, and now here he is. A huge offensive tackle in training camp right here at St. Vincent College. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. And, and this is one of the things, you know, normally when you see volleyball, basketball transition players, it's usually at the tight end position. Yeah. Offensive line is one that's a little bit more of a rarity to get a guy with a skill set such as that to then translate an offensive line play. But I think it goes to show, you know, the footworks that's needed, the short area quicks that you have to have in volleyball, right? Because a ball comes over, you got to get into position, say you don't get the initial. And then, of course, the explosive ability to jump and spike over the net. And I think Jake Dixon, although raw, has a lot of tools to work with. It's just putting them all together, I think, is the biggest thing. And you've seen him kind of move around, tackle and guard, and trying to figure out the fit for him to right. see how Correct. versatile he can be. And, I think, and he's accepted those challenges. As a rookie, that's tough. Smaller school. You know, you make a, a, a career move, tra- you know, transition midway Absolutely. through college. You know, so there's going to be – there's a little bit of nuance you don't have, but I think the physical tools are there and the gifts are there. It's just, is he going to get that time, right? Is he going to get that P-Squad year to then really develop and get a year under his belt in the pro system to then come out here next year and really shine and show kind of what you did in the tool shed, right? Yep. You went whittling away. Now you got to go to the flea market and sell your wares. I think that's what you're kind of hoping. So he gets that woodshed year to really build, kind of work on his strength and work on some of the more finite things about offensive line play. And I think the fact that he's, you know, being a rookie, like you said, is he going to get the P squad or the practice squad opportunity? Because, you know, as well as I do, making a transition like that, you're already a couple years behind the guys around you. Right. I mean, yeah. you go back, you're playing football. But then there is that weight work, getting your weight up, then also maximizing your strength to pounds. You know what I mean? It's it's one thing to be 310 and, and bench two and a quarter for five. All right. That's not real good. No. All right. It's not. But if you're even you're, with extremely long arms. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That, Unless you're Orlando Brown. Yes. OK. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. Because he had, he had a horrible combine. Did he really? He had a horrible combine. Oh, man. And now you're talking about a guy that just signed an over a hundred million dollar deal. Isn't that nice? Oh well, yeah, you know what? It do, doesn't happen every day. No, it doesn't. But you're also you're also the son of Zeus. So. Yeah, the, you, you, the, the genes Brown are going to probably yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah the, a little bit, a little bit probably. Little bit. Yeah, genetics kind of play genetics. Role. Yeah, do. And so for a guy like uh, Jake Dixon, you know, you want to get into your man strength and be able to maximize your 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 uh, lifting strength and apply it to your skill set. 
And I think a couple of years like that could really change things for him if he gets that opportunity to be a part of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I think you know, when you're talking about, you know, guys who have popped, I think another guy that you know, I thought has been really impressive. I know he's a starter and he's already listed, but Dan Moore. Um, I can't say enough about Dan. Right. And just kind of the transition that he's making so far from what I can see. Um, at, from year one to year two as a left tackle. Picking up where he left off. Picking up where yep. he left off and also picking up some stuff along the way. Okay. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Like learn, he, You can see a guy that's learned from his mistakes, who took it very seriously in the offseason to watch himself, self-scout, mm-hmm. be critical of himself, and then go and work towards those things. And it's showing up on the practice field. You know, I, I can't say enough for it. And it's tough for, I guess, you know, a lot of people to understand, but – how you set yourself up in your stance consistently sets you up for consistent success or failure. And he has a successful stance that he has worked his way into and that you can't tell if his runner pass in a lot of instances, yes. which is what you want. You want that anonymity in your stance. You want the versatility within that, and it looks good. It looks solid. It's stable. When he kicks, he is, he is, he is in – He's in line with himself. He keeps the half-man relationship, but also when he strikes. Now, he is still a young guy. He's still missing a couple times on the, on the punches, but it, or he'll drift a little bit, you know, trying to kick to the outside, like trying to judge that intersection point. Right. But it's not as glaring as it was a year ago, and, it, and he's having a lot more success, especially when it comes against, like, Alex Highsmith, um, who he goes against every day. And it's going to pay dividends because it's not going to get much tougher than what you're seeing every day in practice. And he's handling that duty well, and that translates to Sunday success. No question about it. You know, especially when you get a couple of guys that literally go at it day in and day out in in a sharpening the sword type of thing. Yes. I mean, that's that's really what it's about. Great teammates push each other to do great things. Yes. You know, I think of – Tunch Ilkin and, and, and Keith Willis. Keith Willis was, uh, I believe he was undrafted, but he, if he was either it was a low draft pick or undrafted. He came in, Tunch had just, it was in his third year, I think, and um, they practiced against each other for the next, I don't know, decade, you know, 11, 12 years. But when they left, Tunch was a two-time pro bowler and Keith was the all-time sack leader. And it was that consistent iron sharpening iron type of uh, attitude week in week out day in day out that's what produced such great results for both of them no it does and I think we, we, you know and as an offensive line yes we're grading them tough and yes we've talked about how much they don't look this is a really good defensive line let me put that out there first yeah. and foremost hello I mean, you've yep. got two future hall of famer types on that defense leading the charge, and you got a bunch of guys who fall amongst the stars, right? You're shooting for the moon, you fall amongst the stars. Yes. There's a lot of stars on that defense. Stars. Yeah, and so and think of you know, you think about what Chooks and Dan Moore have to go through, right? You're getting you're when you're talking about iron sharpening iron, I mean it's the Hattori Hanzo, you know, from Kill Bill. That was a sword maker in Kill Bill. Okay, you yeah. threw me for a while. I know, I know. Man. It's all that's why I had to preface it. Yep, thank but you. I mean you're really sharp the best of the best. And when you're Chooks a core four and you're going against TJ Watt, it doesn't get any better. Yes. Defensive player of the year, single season sack leader. Like that that no, no, it doesn't get better. So on Sundays, you should be like, I can't wait till Sunday. I get a break on Sundays because I am going against the best day in and day out. I'm tired of hitting this dude. He's too good, and he's making me better, so I can't wait to go hit somebody else. So the things I can't do to TJ or Alex Highsmith, I get to go do to those guys. Yes. 
Exactly. Even you know? if I have to put in my head, you know, he's wearing 56 or 90, you know, <laughs> I get to go do that. I, I, same thing happened for me, going against James Harrison, Joey Porter, and Clark Hagans. I knew on, <coughs> on Sundays I was not going to see anything near that that good. And that made me better when I went against the Terrell Suggs, the Dwight Freenies, Robert Mathises of the world, because I, I, had, I, had I had those guys in practice every day. It made my life easier on Sundays, and the same thing's happening for these guys. And you want to see that jump, right? You want to see the maturity. You want to see the decision-making yes. and them going out there and just playing loose and playing free as opposed to thinking about the offense, thinking about the shift. Okay, where's the mic go? Well, safety rotate. You're not thinking about all that stuff because it's like boom, boom, ID, ID. All right, let's lock in, let's lock in and, and destroy. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You know, really, it's 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 about that. I mean, it's when you get those those uh, you know training camp battles that become friendship that be, plays into season long, and it's always from the attitude that I'm going to make you better, you're going to make me better. Those are the best situations you can get. That and competition in each and every position room, you know, the best competition you can get is always going to be the best thing. Yes, you know, if you got undisputed sometimes they can get a little old and guys get a little slack there yeah but when you have competition especially as we see it with oh you know kendrick and and uh kevin Kevin. yeah Yeah. those two you know that's going to be an interesting thing to see yeah no and and, and the pads go live on saturday night saturday night i'm excited there we'll be there all right we're going to break we'll be back with more right here at training camp on steelers nation radio and espn Showtime! The black and gold live here 24-7. This is SNR. Well, training camp battles began a couple weeks ago. And they're going to continue as we move throughout training camp. So we've got the – I'm only interested in the two dogs, one bone. Okay. All right. All so right. we're going to go Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson. What say you thus far over what you have observed in those battles? I, would say, battle? I would say Kevin Dotson as of right now. Right now um, I think he's got an advantage. Yeah, I think he's got the advantage. I think, you know, Kevin just – he's such a powerful player that when he gets his hands on you – it's just it's over, and that applies to run game as well as pass protection. I think he's done a really good job in pass protection, one-on-one pass rush and t- carrying over to team. I really like his attention to detail from that perspective. Now, we could – obviously, with this offense, there's a little bit more nuance, um, you know, with a lot of the motioning and kind of on-the-move type of blocking, misdirection. I think when he gets exactly. lateral, that's when it's, it's, it's better – it's not. It's not excellent. It's better, um, and I think that's where I look at it when I'm saying that complete. I think for Kendrick Green, um, there's still some size issues <laughs> when it comes yep. to some of the bigger D tackles, right? And him kind of relying on the kickstand as opposed to a bull hop press, which means when a guy starts to get you moving backwards, you kind of kind of hop up and kind of reset your center of gravity to get a little bit lower underneath the pass so you can stop the charge. I think he still kind of relies on walking back and kind of kickstanding that left leg, and I think that that's really a liability in a lot of senses. It's also putting stress on your body. I, I'm, I'm not a fan, though, of the hop. Only in dire circumstances. See, but that, that, that's a guard mentality, right? I mean, for a tackle, yes, I have space. I have a space to move yes. it, but I think 
for a guard, when utilized correctly, it works if a guy is coming down the middle of your chest. Because I just the walk once once you once you kickstand it right like like Kendrick does, you then you're able to you're like you're like a you're like but a it, weather vane. But if you play with low enough leverage that you can stuff the guy, well, you know what yeah, I mean. Well, that's of course, the thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, but my, some guys I see they they actually go to the hop as part of their pass protection. Yeah. You no. know what I mean? It's like they don't need to hop; they're hopping. Yeah, then, what are we playing, Frogger here? I mean, come well, on. But at the same time, like you said, if you do get blown off, which we're talking about, right, a size disadvantage, yes. and he is getting pushed back, the second that kickstand doesn't work one time, you've now made yourself more narrow. Because if a guy's working an edge, he's making you even more because you're relying on one foot that's pivoting versus resetting and trying to get two feet in the ground. But see, the, the thing about it is if you start off with the concept, in my mind, this is the way, I mean, we were back in the day, was redirect at the point of attack for the guards and for and the center get back a little bit like a sugar almost. Yeah. And the tackles play block. You know, you work the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? I. To me, you're not going to have that problem if you if you do your offseason work, get your squats in. Yeah. You, know, you can bench enough. You're strong enough. When they come right down the center of you, you'll love that. You know, because yeah. me, I could you could take that bull rush on. You know what I mean? Yeah. The hopping. I have hopped in in desperate moments. One, I got you know you punch a guy off, and suddenly somebody's in your grill and yeah. hitting you before you can get your hands on them. And I I literally I hopped and I went three feet a whole yard back in the air because this guy was overwhelming. And but then it was like, do you ever see how they they handle it in the, you know over in Africa when they're hunting lions? No. What do they do? They get it. They get a a, a spear and they. When the lion jumps, they will have that spear duck one end in the ground, one end up, you know, and yeah. catch the lion as he jumps. And yeah. that's how they kill him. And that's the only way I could stop that bull rush. Yeah. At that <laughs> moment, I, <laughs> I got airborne. So you the know? question is, what was the spear, your head or your hands? <laughs> it, was, it was my head. You know it. You know it. I was hanging on for dear life. Yeah. And, I th- and like I said, there, there's merit and there's skill to it. Um, obviously, you don't want to rely on it. You usually want to, when you set, brace, and then be able to redirect and fight at the line of scrimmage. But a lot of times, you don't get that, right, because a D lineman is trying to get you to go laterally. So he's trying to give you a one and then come back across the bow to get you off balance. But, I mean, but I feel like when you do get in those situations – the, that kickstand can't can't be there, right? You know, and this is when you're when you're losing and trying to regather. It's, yes. I'm not saying this is the move you come out with at the beginning. Oh my gosh, I, I'm just going to hop into position. No, because that's that's when you get your butt kicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you hop out of your stance and see what happens to yeah. a good defense lineman. You you're will go trouble. airborne. You yeah. will be the lion, and yeah. they will be the spear. But when you take your set, guy redirects your hand fighting, and then you, he starts to get leverage on you. You can't rely on just sticking that foot in the ground and then trying to muscle your way out of it. You have to regain and regather that leverage angle, you know, into a press position where I can hop back, lower my ass a little bit, and then be able to fire up into that guy. No question, uh, you know, as we're talking about, it's too many guys do that as a first yeah, first resort rather than as a last resort. Yeah, and, you know, and that, it's a redirection, yeah. Yeah. To me, it was just like, man, you could just sink your legs in and be be like a, a cannon. You know, you can fire that punch because you yeah. can't you can't fire a cannon out of a canoe. Right? No. You got to yeah. have you've got to have some sort of foundation, some stability, and that's where 
that can be a little bit troublesome when you when you when they teach the hop as part of it. I, I don't know. That well, makes me and that's the thing. You know, a little bit crazy. Can you exacerbate it and, and create a crutch? Absolutely. Any any technique. True. You can bang it into the ground. But I think when you're looking at what I've seen from Kendrick, and I have not seen that yet. That's where I that 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 that's my that's my viewpoint is that I haven't seen you do it to even know if it works or not because you rely so much on that one and it's and you're losing the battle more often than not. I haven't seen it be successful from the position that you've done it. And so for me it's like, well what's the other thing that you could do? It's this and I haven't seen him do that. So that's why I say, "Hey, I would love to see that cuz then hey, you do it and it sucks. Okay, I see why you're doing it now. But if I know there's a safer alternative, or something that can give you a better uh, chance at result from what I've seen, try it. Because obviously, you know, what is the definition of – oh, gosh, I just forgot the, I just forgot the phrase. Move on. Insanity. insanity. There we go. Definition of insanity. Thank you. you. Yeah, me. Um, is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. Right? And I haven't seen a different result as much as I'd like to, whereas I know it's proven from experience – from watching it, from teaching it, from training it, that this is something that could possibly help you do. Because of the strength and explosive nature that you have, if I can reset mid-pass rush into a position of strength, there's no doubt I know that Kendrick Green can finish a dude when he gets into that position. He puts himself in a more disadvantageous position by straightening that leg and trying to lean into it almost like a tent pole and pray when the wind comes that it'll hold up against it, and it hasn't worked because the guys can move. It makes him more dimensional, and we all know what's better on the ground, one foot or two feet? Oh, two. Always. Once you put, once you dig that left foot in the ground, it's almost like you're saying, I got one foot and the other one's kind of hanging, you know, as you're trying to get back down to base. Right. So. Well, that's if the guy is able to out-leverage you from the, from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or it's on the redirect on the second move, and he's making a second move into you because you shut the first one down. Don't automatically go into that. No. Keep shuffling those feet and try and drive to close, close up the inside. Step and drag. Yeah. I shuffling. When you get your feet shuffled so they come together like Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, you know, clicking your heels three times with yeah. the ruby red shoes, you're in a world of hurt. Yeah, you're in a world of hurt. And, and, and even for tackles, like for us, you click heels on that second step. Oh. That DN knows he has you lined up in the in the in the, in the you know, crosshairs. You know, at that point, I'm predicting pain, pain. pain. There's pain. Pain. <laughs> the great American philosopher, Clubber Lang. No <laughs> doubt about it. Yes, pain. All right, so we've got Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson. I think Kevin Dotson's a smidgen ahead. Again, we've not seen any games. Haven't uh, seen anything going on other than you know what just practice day in and day out. And uh, I'm looking for absolutely the games because then you can really have an opportunity to see these guys going at it and what they're going to be able to do. Um, Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, again. That's Just hadn't seen Levi. Having Levi. Levi. Exactly. He shall be Levi. Yeah. It should be Levon. You know? Levon. Like, yeah. <laughs> Leave him on the field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Elton John, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there mean, you go. I mean, but I think I think that, that that's really what it is, um, is that we just hadn't seen him. So, Akello Witherspoon, he's the contingency plan, and I think he's a, he's proven himself to be the outs- uh, an, a true outside right. uh, corner in this team, not just a slot guy, which I think kind of early on when we brought him in with that trade from Seattle, I think it was right. more so – Okay, let's let's insert him into the slot, and we realize very quickly. No, this guy's an, this, this guy's an external more, guy. Yeah, he, he's definitely on the outside. Yeah, he he wants he want he wants your receiver mano y mano. Now I wonder what they're gonna do if uh, 
you know, with Cam, maybe does Cam move? Does he travel to the inside, inside, outside? You yeah. know, or I think that's what you have to do unless it's a three wide receiver set. And unless then, Arthur Mollette comes in too. Yeah. You know, what I mean, Arthur Mollette, I thought was a underused guy last year. Yes. There's two guys I thought could have done more. Uh, they could have been used more. Was Arthur Mollette and uh, Miles Killebrew. Yeah. Yeah. Because both of those guys proved to be really, really good Killebrew, assets. You yeah. know what? He's he's an interesting dude. He's almost that hybrid linebacker size type of stuff. Yeah, he's what we would call, you know, uh, a dollar backer. A dollar backer? Yeah, okay. so that's a guy that can travel inside and outside. Um, and in your nickel and dime situations, he can present as that body type. So if you need to show a 4-2 nickel structure out of dime, yes. he's a guy that can drop in the box. He would Definitely. Definitely, and, and that's make what it, I thought. And make it look, he can cover your running back and have no issue. Tight end might be a little bit tougher, but he's a guy that can fill in in the box if you know this team has a propensity to run out of sub. You know, I, th- I think you're right. That That's a good position for him. But, you know, like I said, we haven't seen him because he's been injured as well. Haven't seen as much of him. And, you know, Arthur Millette is a guy, he just keeps showing up, right? Keeps and, showing and up Mike in team describes he's an NFL-type body. Yeah, he's yeah. an NFL-type body. He has an NFL-type mentality. Yeah. So, But Terrell Austin said he needs four. He needs four DBs yep. for three spots. And so that's where I think how you see that four on the list, I think that's what it's going to shake out to be at the beginning of the year. And then we'll see, obviously, some of those some of those backup roles. Because, I mean, this is another thing. Trey Norwood has really responded well and been having a good camp so far as well playing the safety, which I think he feels more comfortable with, a little bit bigger this yes. year. Last year when they made the switch midseason from the corner position to the safety based off of injuries and everything, uh, he was a guy He was a guy that, that struggled a little bit, then f- kind of found a little bit of comfort, and now he's really picking up this year. I like Trey Norwood. I think he's such a, such a smart player. Um, you know, again, it's one of those situations where he's worked his way in and, and done very well. Uh, I look at uh, who's the other guy? Man, it just flashed across my brain. I must it, it must be a catching, just you know, uh, you know, remembering names. Jeepers, I Casey. Uh, no, nah, was not. No, nah, doesn't matter. Do you want me to go through the list? No, nah, that's fast? okay. Justin okay, Lane, Carlin Splatel, uh, Chris Steele. Um, who are we talking about? Donovan Steiner, Carl Joseph. Oh, that's there it. we go. That's the name. Thank you. Yeah, that's the guy See? that flashed. Exercise. Exercise. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wonder really what we're going to see out of him. I mean, when he came out of West Virginia, I was really high on him. I wasn't, you know, I watched some tape. I had yeah. my brother is down at West Virginia. And yeah, that's right, Dale. Dale, yeah. and he uh, spoke very highly of Carl. Carl went to Oakland or the Raiders, Vegas, yeah. whatever it was. And, um, you know, I, I expected this guy. You could it, it, Now he came here, and it just hasn't, like, fleshed out for him yet. No. I just wonder where you know where he's going to be. Yeah, where he fits in. I mean, because like I said, he 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 was having a good camp. He was popping up. You were seeing thirty eight in a lot yep. in a lot of plays. And then of course, virtue of life, right? You know, he he left had had to go, had to go see the birth of his child. Of course, you know, and, and I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, there's nothing special. I mean, nothing more special than that. Um, you know, and so, but he hasn't been backing other guys. Have were been you building were ground? You, were you with uh, your wife when? She gave birth? Uh, for my first one, second one, no. Okay. Which I still bothers me to this day. Yeah, yeah. But I was in Minnesota. She literally was born as we were driving on the bus to the stadium. Oh, so, my. Yeah. So thank goodness for technology. I was able to watch everything. So I was there digitally. <laughs> 
but um, but I was not there physically present um, when it was time to go. You know, at one time, uh, you know the Lamaze classes you got to take? So yeah. the, a friend of, of my wife was there also, and she, her husband wouldn't make it. So I had to do the Lamaze thing for two of them. You yeah. Know? So they're doing the breathing, right? Yeah. Wife, she's going. Stop breathing on me! Stop! Yeah, yeah. Your breath is bad. And then you squeeze the thigh. You know how you? Yeah. Come yeah. on, do it with me. You know how you squeeze yeah. the thigh. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I had both, both of my one on each side, and and the lady, the lady that was my wife, friend, she, she goes, you're squeezing too hard. <laughs> Cutting off circulation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my oh, goodness, that man. was. That was that was one that was a Wolf boondoggle. Is your is your Lamaze assistant? Oh my goodness, that for, was bad. Birthing class. There we go, Wolf. That's uh, just something to add to the resume. Yeah, just number. The more you can do, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. The harder it is from the get rid of you. Yeah, exactly. That includes your wife. Flexibility. Right? Yeah. The harder it is from the get rid of you. Yeah. All right, we got to go to break. We'll be back with more and, and, and all things not Lamaze when we come back. Yes. Let's go play some ball. Always talking black and gold football on SNR. The Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. It's the final bell lap with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room where Steelers Nation comes together. You know, Max, I, I want to ask you a few questions because we're going to play a little thing called Know Your Broadcasters. Okay. All right, so we're going to, you know, we got, got some questions that, uh, you know, maybe folks that listen in the locker room might want to know. For instance, you as an offensive lineman. Yes. Who was your kryptonite? Because every offensive lineman's got at least one, and there's usually a couple that are, over the years, if you've played long enough, you run into that guy that always gives you problems. Derek Burgess. Derek Burgess. Okay. Uh, where, where was he at? So Derek Burgess was in Philly and then went to Oakland. Okay, yes. Um, he was a guy that presented a, uh, a noticeable challenge for me. Uh, my first ever two-sack game was mm-hmm. against him. We went out to Oakland. Uh, this is 06. And we're playing out there, and he was lining up in, like, this this ridiculous, like – Wide nine? No. It was, oh. like, ghost 12. I mean, it, it felt like, <laughs> I felt like at one point I saw him line up in a three-point stance over a slot receiver. I mean, it wow. was it was so wide. And, and for some reason, I, mentally I couldn't get my intersection point right. I tried. I tried going just straight back and flat, but then yep. I realized I'm cutting off the width of the pocket for Ben because that's the job of the tackle, right? Tackles are responsible for the width of the pocket. Centers and guards are responsible for the depth of the pocket. Yes. Create that rectangle. And so because I was setting so flat by coming straight back, I was cutting off the angle for Ben. And he was able, you know, if he just came with a full head of steam, I mean, hell, he had a 12-yard you know, head start on me. Yes. Um, it was it was getting pushed back, and so it was my first two sack game, and then kind of after that, he was kind of in my head. Um, so he was he was my one kryptonite, and then uh, Clay Matthews. Even though I didn't play against him um, a lot, um, the one time we were in Heinz Field, that memorable game against Aaron Rodgers and Ben, it was just an air shootout. Right, right. Game. Six TD passes. Yes, or whatever, it was yeah. ridiculous. That one, because we passed so much by virtue of that, Clay Matthews was another one. Yeah. Uh, I gave up two. That was my second two-sack game in my career just because I think we threw the ball 60 times that game. I mean, it was like, I was like, you're just setting us up for failure at this point. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but those were the two 
that 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 stick out in my mind that I always remember. Now they're going to be like, "Whoa, what about guys in the division you win against? Oh, Michael Johnson and Terrell Suggs and and all these other guys." No, 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 no. No, it was it was those two. It was Derek Burgess and Clay Matthews were the two. And Clay Matthews, I only played him what twice in my career, but that stuck out because it was a two sack game. And then Derek Burgess, I played more frequently because he was in Oakland. But um, but yeah, those were the two that were bugaboos. What about you? What, what was your kryptonite? Oh, it's Rulon Jones from the Denver Broncos. Okay, you know Rulon was one of these six seven, sub three hundred pounders. It it was hard to get a real good punch on him. He's one of these shape shifters, the yeah. guys that that would twist and gumby up a little bit. Yeah. So as I'm sitting there and I and I you know take my normal pass set, you know, which is. Low to the ground because I'm so short. I even my breath smells of earthworms. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I lock in and I'm unload that punch. And that son of a gun, he could just come off the, uh, you know, that edge on on the guards there and just get to that guard tackle gap and create havoc. So you're saying he got skinny on you? He got skinny. Yes, that's S- a good way to put sl- it. Slim fast, not slim slow. No, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He got skinny on me, and I couldn't get the good punch that I normally was able to get. You know, because Again, thing at guard, what was different than a tackle, it wasn't about being mobile and punching. It was about locking in and punching right from the get-go. Yeah, growing you know, roots. Yeah, you short set the guy. You yeah. know, you get them in that close quarter combat. So he was he was a three-sacker for me. And then the other three-sacker in my career was Michael Dean Perry from Cleveland. Oh, wow. And yeah. that only happened – that just happened – it was a preseason game and it was just a total – it was just a total mess-up. But Michael Dean Perry was a legit excellent – player he was something yeah no I, Cullen Jenkins was that for me for Green Bay mm. in a preseason game uh the Hall of Fame game we're playing for whatever the Hall of Fame just game. caught me bad it was just yeah bad. it was a bad day. well I, I got I got thrown on a surprise this is my oh. fourth year um and Larry Zerline's our, our offensive line coach right it's Mike T's first year playing the Hall of Fame game oh yes and I went out did my normal right tackle stuff I started 36 games there at right tackle all right and we come off the sidelines. I'm thinking I'm about to take my shoulder pads off, and you know, because we're done, because starters are out. It's like, no, Starks, you go to left tackle. Ooh, what? Go to left tackle. Ooh. And I went out there fresh, no reps or anything, and I, I got worked by Cullen Jenkins in that Hall of Fame okay. game. Okay. So, so yeah. That can that can be a little that disconcerting. It happens. I remember Mike Webster telling his line coach um, his rookie year. He ended up going against Jack Youngblood in a preseason game, and he, he played at right tackle. Think about this. He had never played any tackle at any point in time, and because of injuries, he had to go out. He gave up two sacks to uh, Jack Youngblood um, in the first half, and he told his coach, he goes, I ain't going back out there unless you go on national TV and tell everybody that I've never played this position before. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, even the great ones have those days when things don't go well, even though he was out of position and playing a guy that he normally wouldn't have been playing against because he was a center. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, sometimes you get the bear, the other time the bear gets you. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it happens to everyone. Oh, there's no doubt about it. One thing I do want to say, I want to thank all the great fans. I've had a Gotten a chance to hear heard a lot of feedback from the fans of how much they're loving camp. I appreciate the fact you tune in. Max and I both know you got a lot of choices out there, but the gratitude we have in knowing that this is uh, Steelers Nation comes out and supports this show. We are so grateful to you, and it's wonderful to be part of Steelers Nation and in, and being part of seeing you know up here at training camp. You see them all, Max. Yes. You know, and they let you know 
they appreciate it, and you just got to love them. Well, we had Ed from Cleveland. We've seen yep. CR. I mean, so we've yep. had some of the usual suspects that call into the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Show up and introduce themselves in person. So it's been great. So we continue to urge everybody, if you want to come out, hey, we're here. We're under the tent. We're under the tent, baby. That's right. Yes. All right. We'll be back to tomorrow. But thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. And go Steelers. <laughs> Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR.